This is a podcast about music. So, let's talk music. On this program, we talk everything music. Each week, I interview an established or up-and-coming artist in hopes of getting just a little glimpse into their world and process and to see if I can find out just what makes them tick. This is Porter Block. This week, I'm broadcasting from Nashville. The second I literally landed, I went and visited Michael Wagner in his studio in rural Tennessee. If you don't know who Michael Wagner is, you haven't been listening to the radio in the last 35 years. She's my terrible As I said, the minute I landed, I headed straight for Wireworld Studios, where I met the man, the legend, Michael Wagner, the producer, the hard rock legend. How'd you end up here, and what what about Nashville do you like so much? Well, I did a record here in 1995, and uh, with Accept, you know, a band that I was the original guitar player in, and... Uh, um, I grew up with a singer, actually, Udo. We went to school together. And we did that record here, and I fell in love with Nashville. I have to say that was 1995, when Nashville had 550,000 people, which is now way over 2 million. So uh, it got a little bit more crowded here, and you know. Um, but I loved the town. I loved, I loved the people, mainly. You know, coming from L.A., not everybody had a knife behind their back here. Uh, very early on in your life, you were uh, an engineer, and you built a studio called Tennessee Tone Studio. I yeah, mean, that was. was that, did you have sort of visions of being in Tennessee? One no, day? not at all. That was. Uh, uh, I worked at a company called Stramp, yeah. and we were building amplifiers and mixing consoles. And uh, at some point, there was a band in Hamburg, Germany, and, and they were called Tennessee. It was a German uh, country band, which was god-awful. And so they wanted to build a studio mainly to record themselves and to rehearse. And, you know, I had some experience in uh, building studios, so I built a studio. And so they called it Tennessee Studios. Besides music, I mean, you talk about that there's been such a population growth here. Um, what you know, what else do you do in Nashville other than music? Because it's really just known Is as Is there anything music. else? I don't know. They never let me out of here. Racing, I don't know what farming. <laughs> are there artists here that you're working with that you feel are exciting, as exciting as, for instance, L.A. in the heyday of the 70s and 80s? Um, and are there other styles, styles of music that well, you like? Well, number one, on? um, everybody I knew from L.A. is now here in Nashville. Everybody. And it's, uh, there's more rock and metal here in Nashville than country music by now. And uh, on top of that... Uh, about 75% of my clients are from overseas. I don't have any walk-in clients. There's now there's the odd band 
you know, like Denman or Taco Mouth that live here in Nashville and that play that kind of music. And, and I would call them walk-in clients just because they live here, but everybody else is from far away. Did the Janet Jackson remix, and, I, and that, that's, I'm sure you've done maybe other things, but that's um, very specifically sort of out of your um, safe zone. Did you enjoy it? Was it something that you yeah. learned from? Yeah, it's still rock, you know, and that Janet wanted to cross over into rock with, uh, with that song. That was, I think, one of the few songs that she personally wrote on that album, Rhythm Nation. And it was just a remix for a video and for a single. So the album was already out with that song on it. And so, uh, you know, A&M called me and said if I wanted to work with her on that song and just mix it for her. Did you cut addition, new tracks? Yeah, we cut uh, some rhythm tracks with Nuno. And uh, um, But, you know, to begin with, there was at least 25 rolls of analog tape with that song on it so the song had been recorded probably 30 times and out of that we picked the best best version Mm. you um, are a complete producer you work from the ground up you also do mixing famously Master of Puppets is there something more satisfying about starting from the beginning and going through or yes. do, you, do you like having a fresh set of ears to, to something no I I, uh, I like starting from the beginning uh, planning the whole thing and and uh, you know I have a vision from the from the first day on I get that demo and then pulling that through and um, I do like mixing of this of this whole part. I don't want to say it's my favorite part, but it's the part where I can be more creative and, you know. So uh, um, I like both, actually. But if I can, I like to produce myself. Because when you're mixing something that somebody else has recorded, it sometimes turns into fixing and then, you know, you can't bring it all the way up to where you might want to do. You know, we talked about all the, the records that you've sold. It's an extraordinary amount. So it's safe to say that you found yourself uh, reasonably wealthy at a young age. Did you spoil yourself? What do you call young? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this industry is so, so well known for uh, excess. You like spending money on gear, obviously. But is there something else that you did um, to spoil yourself during those heydays? Yeah, I like to fly airplanes at the time. In, in the late 80s, beginning 90s, and uh, um, travel a bit here and there. Um, but other than that, if you're in the music business and you are somebody that people want, you don't get too much time off, you know? And, and uh, from 85 till 89, I worked every single day, not a single day off. So... Um, People go, yeah, overnight success was a damn long night. I heard it from a source that um, you are a pilot. Uh, and that Pirate? You, and that you were struck <laughs> by lightning while you were flying your plane. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, you, and what, other what, things. What, yeah. Tell me what happened. I mean, is, Oh, God, that's a very, very long story. 
and you have to kind of know a little bit about airplanes to to get the whole the whole thing. But yeah, I was flying and I got struck by lightning about three inches from the fuel tank. So um, let's say I got lucky. Well, you were lucky being struck by lightning because that probably um, the odds of that are. Well, maybe with it's your, very common. It's very common if you're very flying. common. Almost every plane gets hit by lightning every time it flies in that kind of weather. But if it hit the fuel tanks, it would have exploded. Um, it <laughs> could have. Oh, it could. Have. It okay. could have. Yeah. I know that Don Dockin was a very close friend of yours, and he he was one of the people who, um, I guess, you came to the United States with him, or he. Uh, no, to- he came over to Europe and uh, did a tour in Europe and he was uh, playing at a club in Hamburg that I was connected to, that Tennessee studio was connected to, so we just recorded his show and that's how we got together and, and you know he goes, you gotta come to America, you make a hundred bucks an hour. Three weeks later I was here, I go, where's my money? <laughs> did a lot with Electra in, in back yeah. in those days. That was uh, an incredibly thriving label. They like um, making money, so. <laughs> and uh, you kind of turned X from a kind of underground punk band into a more mainstream success. That band. was the request of the label. And the band hates me for it. You know? I was going to say. I mean, they, that... have their first, they had their first hit single through that, but it was definitely not an underground punk band anymore. And after it got me a lot of press, bad press, but bad press is good press. So um, afterwards, I realized what I basically did or tried to do, and I swore to never do that again. Which was what? Which was to to, to turn a punk band into a pop band, right? To, on the request of the label, you know, the, the the requests of labels were taken a little bit more lightly after that. lifestyle and the craziness what was going on uh, in the late 70s and 80s you know i don't want this to be self-incriminating but were you a chaperone were you a um uh, <laughs> a, a, a member <laughs> of the uh of the gang uh, how did it work when, become, when you've got to make something you've got to I come become out of there with the something. fifth member of the band if i do a record i'm in the band so to speak and whatever goes on there i'm in it except for the band members have a lot more time, free time than I do, because I sit in the studio all day, you know, and, and you work with the first guitar player, he's done, he lays down on the couch, and the second guitar player comes in, but I'm still sitting here, you know, and that that's the way it goes on all day. So, um, you know, Ben like Skid Row was, was an amazing record to make, it was a lot of fun, a lot of craziness, and and safe craziness nothing stupid you know uh, not really drugs there was alcohol involved like everybody but uh, not drugs that I know of you know maybe there was a little smoking certain substances but I don't think anything heavy was going on so um, and I never ever ever got involved in any drugs whatsoever not even smoking pot and I never will so you not only were a member of the band, but you were kind of the Iron Man 
um, keeping it all together, which... Um, well, that's what a producer does. Yeah, I don't know if everybody knows that, though. Um, well, nowadays, if you can put beats together, you can call yourself a producer. In other words, if you can change a tire, you're a mechanic. Whoop-dee-scoop. Scoop-dee-dee-whoop. Whoop-dee-scoop-dee-poop. Poop-dee-scoop-dee-scoop-dee-whoop. Do you still approach making records the same way that yes. you did? What's changed due to the technology? Or has nothing, nothing to do to the technology. I still, I mean, I record on a different medium, but I still record exactly the same way I did way back. And, and you know, unfortunately, that's becoming a lost art. And, and nowadays, it's all plugins and, and you know, uh, um, with uh, computers and, and stuff like that. They're supposed to be your tool, help you, and not be something to fix. Uh, lacking talent you know like autotune I just don't use autotune I don't use drum alignment you know and I almost I mean if you walk into a studio in Nashville autotune is already hooked up if you need it or not you right. know because the A&R guy likes that sound I mentioned Master of Puppets, Skid Row, Dokken. Of all of the records that you've made and been associated with, is there one that sticks out as a favorite or maybe it wasn't the the best selling record, but it was something that you were Yeah, proud record of? five to about two hundred and twenty. <laughs> I like them all. I can't choose between the children. Okay, I understand no. that. Um If I wouldn't like him, the stu- the musicians would still be in the studio. If an artist comes in that, that you're going to work with and presents something to you that you don't like or you don't think is... Then he's going to go straight back out. Well, tell me, so <laughs> so do you fit, do you try to make it work? No. Do you send them away? No. If I, if I don't like the music, that's a definite no. If I don't like the people in the band, that's a definite no. I have to sit with them for 60 days in the same tiny room and, you know... Uh, and we have to, what we do in the studio is, or in this business, we're selling emotions. And the emotions you have in the studio while making the record is what you're selling in the end. And that's what the client or the customer or the, the kids on the street, that's what they hear. So if your emotions are bad, you're selling bad stuff. You know, so it has to be good. It has to be fun. And nowadays, it's to me, it's down to like, well, if it's not fun, why doing it? Back then, it was once in a while, yeah, that's going to be a couple of million dollars, so I might want to think about doing this. So, uh, but now it's just, it has to yeah, be. Yeah, life is too short. Um, as uh, perhaps the people who listen to this podcast know, I'm a, I'm a big Beatles fan, and uh, George Martin uh, is, is an important producer to me. Um, is there anyone that you look to when you were, uh, even now, or when you were starting in the business, um, just wanted to, to learn from, make records? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't try to emulate anybody. You know, I try to emulate myself or do the best for the band and, and be different with every band that I'm working with. But uh, uh, I look up to Roy Thomas Baker, um, and you will notice the people I... I talk about they're all pretty excessive you know and um uh mount lang would be another guy you know and then a whole bunch of guys that did some of the big bands 
you know. I, some of them I don't even know the name of, but uh, uh, I go by the band. This is all oh, Deep Purple. I love Deep Purple. Let's do something like that. The producer to me was secondary because you learn when you produce, you're only as good as the weakest member in the band. So if you uh, have an excellent band or excellent artist, you are good as a producer because they get you there. But if you have a shitty band, then you know, you're going to be a shitty producer no matter what you do. You can't polish a turd unless you freeze it first. Um, that leads me to my last question, which is that I ask each interviewee to give like me a, kiss to a line, it's a song, uh, a title, <laughs> a, a phrase that I can use and make a little bit of a musical ditty to cap our podcast. Is there anything that just comes to mind? Off I'm the not quite head? sure what you're looking for. That's perfect. I'm not quite sure just what you're looking for. Is it skies of blue, a shrimp taco or two, would you like a little auto-tune, or a Tennessee Valley view, would that do? Thank you, Michael Wagner, for the song inspiration and allowing Interstate Podcast to come out to your studio. This is Porter Block, and you can listen to my music on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you for listening, and if you want to hear more, go to InnerstatePodcast.com. Once again, if you're listening to this, you are in a state.